Hi, this is Jason Graves, host of The Blazing Grace Show. I'd like to introduce you to a product that I firmly believe should be used in every home in America. It's called SafeEyes. SafeEyes is the only software you'll need to protect you and your family from inappropriate content on the Internet. Over the last couple of years, I've tried several products and have never found anything as fast, effective, and affordable as SafeEyes. I now only use SafeEyes, and I recommend it to everybody I talk to all over the country. You don't have to take my word for it, though. SafeEyes was recently ranked as the number one internet filtering software by the most well-known product testing company in America, alongside 10 other products. No credit cards are necessary. To start your 15-day risk-free trial today or to learn more about SafeEyes, visit their website at SafeEyes.com or call toll-free 877-944-8080. You'll be glad you gave SafeEyes a try. I know I sure am. That's SafeEyes.com, 877-944-8080. Counselors, business owners, nonprofits, and trainers, you need unlimited flat-rate conference calling? Then call our good friend Tom Parker at Affordable Conferencing, where his teleconferencing service allows you to conduct unlimited calls for one flat monthly fee. That means no more per-minute, per-person charges. Go to AffordableConferencing.com or simply call toll-free 888-968-6186. He saved Jason and Rob thousands. That's Tom Parker at Affordable Conferencing, 888-968-6186. They're proud to bring you today's broadcast. Now it's time for this week's edition of The Blazing Grace Show with your host, Rob McIntyre, Jason Graves, and Mike Janung. It's sponsored by AffordableConferencing.com and SafeEyes. Thanks for tuning in to The Blazing Grace Show, where we cover blazing issues with grace-filled answers. Now, here's your hosts, Rob, Jason, and Mike. Here we go once again. This is the Blazing Grace Show. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, this is Jason Graves along with Rob McIntyre and Mike Jung. Hello, fellas. Hey, guys. Hey, Jason, you sound like you said Rod. Let's just make that clear. It's Rob. 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 Right. Not to be confused with Rod. That's right. Is there a Rod McIntyre? Negative. Really? Well, okay. there's probably somewhere in the world. But... You don't have like a cousin or? No. Okay. No. Or Ron. Hey, thanks for cleaning, up, cleaning that up. I really I get fuzzy on your name sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jason. Well, like the rod of wrath or something like that's, that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, yeah. I put on my armor, but there's no rod in my armor. It's just the yeah. sword of the spirit. But I'll use yeah. a rod in here. If you hear any noise, listeners, it's because I'm hitting Jason. No, <laughs> I'm about to spare the rod in just a second here. Okay. Well, we're 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 glad to be visiting with Russell Willingham today, and and he's live from California. He's with uh, New Creation Ministries. Hello, Russ. Hello. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah, it's good to have you. And, and let me just do a quick little intro, and then we'll get right to business here with all these questions. Uh, Russ Willingham is the author of Breaking Free, Understanding Sexual Addiction and the Healing Power of Jesus, and Relational Masks, Removing the Barriers that Keep Us Apart. And Russ went through his own struggles with sexual addiction and is a Christian counselor at New Creation in California. What part of California is that, Russ? We're in Fresno, which is in the very center of the state. Aha. Fresno. I'm familiar with California. Yeah. yeah. I have some friends out in Clovis. Well, that's just a hop, skip, and a jump. I lost a Ford Escort in Hanford. <laughs> <laughs> I think I chased some drug dealers into Fresno when I was in narcotics. So That's another show, folks. I know. But... I'm sorry. Sorry, Russ. <laughs> that's okay. But, uh, Russ, tell us a little bit about what you went through in your struggle with sexual addiction. Well, my struggle began really early. I think... Uh, I began to struggle as as young as five and six and seven. I discovered pornography probably around the age of eight, mm. and for a variety of reasons, uh, just 
trauma that I'd experienced in my own life and a lot of just crazy things happening in my own family. When I found pornography, I just latched onto it like a starving man. I thought I'd found the mother load. Mm -hmm. Wow. In my eight-year-old mind, I thought, okay, here is a way that I can get all of these deep needs met in my soul. Hmm. And, I mean, it just took, it took hold of me. As I moved into my teen years, it got even worse, and I took more and more risks. And masturbation and voyeurism was a, a common practice for me. Mm-hmm. And I gave my life to the Lord at age 16, and that began to make some huge changes. But unfortunately, even as a Christian, years and years into my Christian experience, the, the brokenness that really drove my addiction was still present. Mm-hmm. The behaviors weren't there, at least... I wasn't having affairs or looking at pornography. I was faithful to my wife, but it caused just incalculable damage to my marriage because I was looking for my wife to meet all these needs that I'd once looked to porn to meet, mm-hmm. which go beyond marriage. Right. I was trying to put her really into a God-shaped hole in my heart, and she wasn't fitting very well. Mm-hmm. Well, and, 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 you know, Russ, you, you kind of set the stage, and as a therapist, you know, I hear it all the time, similar stories where you've got such a, a early beginning with this addiction. And then, you know, you meet the Lord and, and, and so you go on through your teenage years and then you meet this beautiful woman, very similar situation to me in my history. How did that, uh, you know, you probably embraced a lot of great Christian values when you married her and thought that your marriage was going to be Christ centered and all that, but how'd that really look, you know, as a Christian struggling with lust issues, what did that look like in your marriage? Well, we really did found our relationship on Christ. I can say that sincerely. And I never prayed about anything harder in my life than marrying this woman. Because hmm. every member of my immediate family had been married or divorced in some cases numerous times. Right. And they all thought, you know, it was Mr. Wright or Mrs. Wright. So I had a healthy skepticism for my ability to choose wisely. Mm-hmm. So I prayed. I prayed like crazy. And God definitely confirmed to me that I was to be with my wife. We've, by God's grace, been together 22 years now. Mm-hmm. But the way my brokenness worked itself out was I struggled with huge issues of codependency on her. Oh, yeah. I found that every sex addict is a codependent. And the way I would define codependency is it's, it's, it's an addiction to the approval of another person or persons. Right. And that was me. Right. And I was sexually codependent on her. I was emotionally codependent on her. And so literally all of the unmet needs from my childhood I brought into my marriage. And I... I didn't say this out loud, even to myself, but I basically demanded that she take away my loneliness. Mm-hmm. Yep. And for about seven years, she, she gave it her best shot because she was also a good codependent. Mm-hmm. But it just about wore her out, and I felt even more hopeless in marriage than I had when I was single. And I didn't understand what was going on. And I just figured, well, if my wife was more responsive emotionally, romantically, sexually, we'd be good. And I found that uh, the problem was not with her. It was with me. Hmm. Russ, in Breaking Free, you write that you've never counseled someone who struggles with sex addiction that understands God's grace. Why is that? Well, I've counseled many, many Christians who, uh, who talk about God's grace and say they believe God's grace. But it's one thing to understand God's grace intellectually, and it's another thing to live in it in your experience. And every sex addict is confused about God's grace. That's why they go to pornography or affairs, because pornography basically 
represents a counterfeit grace. Here is a woman, whether she's a photograph or a movie or a magazine or a video or some gal you meet at the singles club, whatever. Here is somebody who will accept you absolutely, completely, totally, no strings attached, no questions asked. Hmm. Wow. And the reason we're drawn to that is because we don't realize that we have somebody like that already, and his name is Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Wow, I never thought about that term, counterfeit grace, before. That's exactly what it is. That's, that's why pornography is so powerful to men, because here's a woman who uh, will literally open herself up to you and welcome you, mm -hmm. and she'll do it with a smile on her face. Right. And it's a counterfeit for the unconditional love of God. Well, yeah, and, and grace is just getting what you don't deserve. And I know my wife, I don't deserve her. Right. You know what I mean? I married up. And, you know, I know these guys' wives too, Russ, and they married <laughs> up for sure. Now, listen, now in Breaking Free, you write that you've never counseled somebody who struggles with sex addiction that truly understands God's grace. Why do you think that is? And what do you think that would look like if, um, if they, uh, you know, they, they really would? Well, I think grace is hard for most of us. The main reason is because very few of us have ever met anyone who's modeled it for us. People judge us based on how we perform, what we look like, our degrees, a whole lot of stuff. So we are accustomed to being judged based on all kinds of uh, performance measurements. So we read in the Bible that God is full of grace, and we, we, we thank God for that in one breath, and then with the other breath we say, I don't buy it. So many Christians use the language of grace, but they're really walking in an experience of law. And that's how they see God. And so, of course, they're going to need something different. They're going to need what they think is a place where they can truly let their hair down and be themselves without any fear of rejection. Yeah. And what they don't understand is that grace has already come. Mm -hmm. But we don't, we don't believe that. When we read our Bibles, especially the Gospels, we don't see Jesus as he is. We, we see him through our religious filters. Mm -hmm. And if we just... if we if we could take off these filters that we read our Bibles through and, and take off these filters that we pray through and really see the Lord as he is, we would be stunned. Huh. Right. You know, uh, one of the things for me personally, it, it took me such a long time to get to like this real brokenness. And in Breaking Free, your seventh essential is that we must grasp our fundamental brokenness and stop pretending we're something else. Why is brokenness so critical to the recovery process that that you do, Russ? Well, it's critical because, number one, we're all broken. Any Christian that says they aren't broken isn't being honest with themselves. Mm. And unfortunately, that's a huge issue for many of us, especially evangelicals. We, we, we like to think we are better off than we actually are. Right. Mm. But what that does is it keeps us from, from pushing through to the real good gifts of God. Because there's not going to be any healing unless we acknowledge that we're broken. Mm -hmm. I mean, the Lord said, I didn't come for the healthy. Mm -hmm. I came for the sick. Right. And that was kind of his tongue-in-cheek way of saying, and that's what all of you are. Mm -hmm. right. There, right? Because there weren't any healthy people. There weren't any righteous people. Right. But we like to think that we are already healthy. And it's, it's amazing to me that famous scripture that we read in Revelation, which is so disturbing to everybody, including myself, but it's where Jesus is talking to a group of believers. They are spirit-filled, Bible-believing, evangelical Christians. And he says to them, you say, I am rich. I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing. Right. But you do not realize, see, they're in denial. Mm -hmm. You do not a... realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Right. 
he's not just criticizing them or judging them. He's saying, you are so broken you don't even see it. And if you understood the brokenness, then he goes on to say, you could receive riches from me and you could have clothes to, to cover your nakedness and eyes have so that you could really see. And I really believe this is what Jesus is saying to his body today. I mean, we haven't changed. And if we don't acknowledge our brokenness, then we can never deeply heal. It'll just be superficial. So before Mike asks this next question, I just got to, I'm curious about something, Russ. When you talk about grace and maybe where you're at with that, if you could rate yourself on the graceometer, you know, 10 being fully accepting God's grace and one being, you know, having no clue. Uh, where where would you think you you would put yourself on that scale? I'd see myself at about a nine. Wow! And I know that's very uh, that's giving myself a lot of the benefit of the doubt. Uh huh. But I say that because in my thirty years or so of walking with the Lord, I have done so many stupid, ridiculous things. You're not alone, brother. Yeah. <laughs> we're all we're all here going. Me too, me too. And it hasn't been some big sin. I haven't run off with the church secretary. It's just attitudes and and choices and mindsets that the Lord has gently spoken to me about. And I, I think sometimes I'm the slowest learner in the class. Huh. But He never stops pouring His blessing on me. Mm-hmm. One of the scriptures I love from John chapter one basically says that from the fullness of His grace we have all received one blessing after another because the law was given through Moses but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ and when I read that it's not a scripture to me that's my story I say oh it's so true in fact sometimes when I've been the most ignorant the most confused maybe even the least willing to really acknowledge the Lord that's when he sneaks up on me and wraps his arms around me and you experience that a few thousand times and it starts to wear down your resistance. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, for me, I could say I'm at about a nine too, but it's not because I'm any better, but it's because I'm accepting the gift now. Right on. Where the difference before is I couldn't accept the gift, so I had to go after that counterfeit you talked about. Yep. Yeah. I can relate to that too personally, Russ. I mean, I, I when God brought me out to Colorado Springs, uh, you know, I was barely into my recovery and had just a little bit of sobriety, and I was really vulnerable, but. You know, I just realized it's not my sobriety that really people are, are going to be healed by. Mm. It's the willingness, I think, to just be a vessel. Right. And so, I mean, talk about grace and favor. I told my wife, hey, you know, uh, I love Colorado Springs so much, not just because it's beautiful, but because it's such a symbol to me of God's grace on my life and his favor and of truly giving what I don't deserve. And, right. Rob, I know you can really relate with oh, that, too. Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, I, I just— some of the, the guys in here in the room are um, privy to some personal stuff that's been going on for ever since we started this radio show for me. But the the, the ultimate key, I believe, that God's wanted to do in me personally is to break me. Right. Uh, and, and not to just break me because, you know, I had these terrible things going on in me. It's because he wants me to be a true follower. He wants every aspect of my life to align to his will. Right. And so he's lovingly taking me through this process, this valley that I'm personally going through, uh, to break me to the point where I can hear him, you know, and, and accept his love. And it's, it's an amazing, it's an amazing process. And I kind of feel like I'm coming out of the valley, but you know, it's kind of hard to determine that when you're in the middle of the brokenness process, Sure. but it, it, 
it, it the the rewards the the rewards that you have for so many who are hungry and to be broken and to experience that kind of humility and also God's grace it's it's powerful we'll never forget it right and i happen to have kind of an inside track on your ministry having you know some friends who are out here uh Donna Renee and and whatnot and your ministry over the years, Russ, has been under some serious attack, and, I'm, and I know God has uh, been very graceful in that. I'm just wondering if you could share a story with the listeners that they might be able to connect to that can kind of pick, paint the picture of really how God has been graceful to you in, in the ministry. Well, God has definitely been gracious to us as an organization. We're, we're over 20 years old, and we, we operate on a shoestring. I mean, we, we do accept... Uh, modest fees for counseling and for groups, but most of our funding comes through individual donors or churches. Mm -hmm. And somehow, our needs have always been met financially. But the thing that I think I've really seen is God's protection of us in the midst of spiritual attack, like you said. Mm -hmm. People getting sick or marriage problems or or kids doing weird, crazy things. (laughs) It's just like, that's our bread and butter. We're, We're we almost laugh now when that kind of stuff happens to us. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> Probably the, the, the one time that the spiritual attack against our ministry literally broke out into the open was, and you've probably heard Donna Renee talk about this, when there was actually a shooting during a counseling session that I was facilitating. Oh, my. And basically wow. this couple, and they had all of the problems that we deal with and more besides, hmm. both came armed. And they opened fire on each other right in front of me. Oh, my gosh. I was just a, a – in fact, I was, I was basically touching the one woman while she was firing at her husband and he was firing at her. And uh, wow. I had nowhere to go. I was, I was literally standing against the wall, and I felt God's incredible peace. And wow. that's, that's, just, that's just one example I could give you. I mean – I can't imagine. I can't imagine that. I, I, I don't know if they, j- these guys told you I was a cop for 15 years and I had rounds fired over my head about 100 yards away and that was scary enough. I can't imagine having that happen in the counseling office. That's crazy. Did they get their money back for the, from, for the session? <laughs> or they pay you extra? Uh, no, I, I think they paid in advance, so that was good. And you got Kevlar vests now, right? <laughs> well, we joked about having metal detectors up. Oh Jay Leno gosh. actually said something about that. I mean, it, wow. it, it hit the, the nationwide gosh. and international wow. uh, news links. And he said, I had to laugh. He's, he's such a smart aleck, but I had to laugh at it. He said, basically, he was talking about the incident and said, well, there's a counselor in Fresno who was working with a couple, and they opened fire on each other, and they were shooting, but at least he got them communicating. <laughs> oh, you, you know, I think this all brings up an important point that when we go and we take on the front lines of the battle, which porn is a big time. Yeah, uh, it's, it is. It's the front lines of the battle. We're going to get hit. Yep. And for those of you who are listening, we need your prayers. Yeah. Russ's ministry needs your prayers, and so do we, mm-hmm. yeah. because we're That's all broken vessels. That's mm-hmm. a good point. And can I just comment on that? Mm-hmm. I, I just want to piggyback on that, because any, any Christian who wants to help sexually broken people, he is putting his finger on the apple of Satan's eye. I agree. He's, he's not only as he's stepping over the boundaries, he's stepping right into the middle of the danger zone, and the enemy's going to fight tooth and nail. And so I say that because, number one, people who do this kind of work do need to be people of prayer, surrounded by people of prayer. Mm-hmm. But number two, don't lose heart, because we are knocking in the gates of hell. This is where Satan is attacking our culture, especially North America, 
the most fiercely. Right. And he's he's unfortunately winning battles left and right all over the country with Christian men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What I see is a shroud of silence around this issue and and that causes people to to fake it. And uh, Russ, do you see a lot of men and women pretending to be something else? And why is that? Well, I do, and I think there are many reasons for that. Uh, the first reason is it's just cultural for us. In our culture, we pretend that we're great, we're fine, we're swell, business is good, life is wonderful. There's there's just this this pride. Uh, nobody wants to hear that you're struggling, fighting, failing. And sadly, that American cultural value has leaked into the Christian subculture, of which mm-hmm. all of us are a part. Right. Uh, if we were to walk into a prayer meeting and pray some of the prayers that David does in the Psalms, we'd be uh, quietly asked to leave. Mm. Hmm. You know, I, I often tell my clients, because I, I, I really, after I've helped them with the behavioral stuff on the on their addiction, it gets into the relational things. And typically for men, they've they've asked too much of their wives to meet their masculine needs. So I ask them, I go, start reaching out to other godly men. And they're right. going, this is crazy. You know, what are you expecting me to do? And and I and I kind of use, you know, the Lord's kind of showed me that, you know, as it was prior to the fall when Adam and Eve walked in the cool of the day that they were naked. Now, I don't think God wants us to walk around with our clothes off, but it's a metaphor for us to understand that we need to be just as vulnerable. And relationally, you won't know intimacy until you're that point. at that point, the depth of that intimacy of being totally loved, totally accepted. And that's what you're talking about, right, Russ, is that kind of vulnerability and, and, and that kind of discussion about the issues of the day that are just right out there and, and the healing of the Lord? It is. Now, we obviously have to be wise about who we enter into that type of vulnerability with. Right. But that's why I think small groups, confidential groups mm-hmm. are so key. It's, you know, the recovery movement, the small group movement isn't new. It's been going on for at least 2,000 years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And we need those kinds of relationships. Yeah. James 5.16 says, confess your faults to one another and pray for one another that you might be healed. Right. And that's saying something really key that we need to hear. There mm-hmm. is no healing. Mm-hmm. There is no real growth unless we are transparent with each other. That's right. true. Right. Well, you know, when you talk about grace and receiving what you don't deserve, I really like to look at that in the context of redemptive vision and what God has people recovering to, right? Uh, not just what they're recovering from, and how he wants to redeem the nations and, and heal uh, the lost and, and broken and and in your mind, you know, what, is, what can the body of Christ do, especially the, those who have been called out of sexual brokenness and who have been healed and now have more time, talent, and resources and energy and creativity because they're not wasting it on their addiction anymore? What can these people be doing both uh, in the micro sense as individuals and in the, in the macro sense as the body of Christ to combat this special form of brokenness in our church and in our culture? I think the first thing we can do is just try as best we can to be honest about our own brokenness. Mm -hmm. At our Bible studies, at our men's prayer breakfast, at our women's uh, support groups, we really have to continue to fight this this conspiracy of niceness that Mm. we find in the church. Mm -hmm. Because we're not fine, and we're not great, and we're not wonderful. Now, Jesus is, but we still need Jesus Christ. I don't care if if I've known the Lord for 40 years, I still need Jesus today, desperately. Mm -hmm. 
And I think the more people can be honest about their brokenness, Paul describes it this way. He talked about boasting in my infirmities. Hmm. And many times when I speak at a church, I will ask them, how many of you think you would come to a meeting if your pastor said, folks, tonight, Sunday evening, we're going to have a boasting in our infirmities meeting. <laughs> yeah. All come and tell us about your weaknesses. Right. That place would be empty. Yeah. Uh. Because we're, we're frightened of this. And I really believe God wants to use the sexually broken in the body of Christ to begin to launch a, a, new, a new wave of honesty and candor. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing when, when just one or two men or women in a church begin to say, you know, here's where I've been, quite frankly, here's where I am right now. But I'm, I'm moving forward. It gives everyone around them permission to maybe take the same risk of candor. And I think that's key. Russ, what would you say to the men and women who are struggling with sex addiction right now and looking for answers? Well, what I would say to them is don't try to fix this by yourself. Right. You have to remember it's your very best thinking that got you here. Mm, that's good. You need other people. The Bible never promises that you can get well just you and Jesus working it out alone. The mm-hmm. Bible never says that. You were broken in relationships. You're going to get healed in relationships. So you need to find a pastor, a mentor, a counselor, at least, preferably a group of men who can be honest, a group of women who can be honest mm-hmm. with each other. Without that, there is no lasting change or character development. That's so true. Amen. So that's just straight out of Scripture, folks. James 5.16. Right. right. When you're faithful to uh, confess to brothers, healing is promised. You know, And in the church, we love that. Don't we love that First uh, John one nine that says you know confess to God and He'll He'll forgive you, Russ. Right. But you know there's you know like you said healing comes in a different context and it's in the form of relationships. Yes. Uh, with just a minute left as we're winding down here, Russ, anything else that you'd like to say to our listeners as as we we uh, take the ship into shore here? I just like to say no matter how you've fallen, God loves you and cares for you. He knows everything about you, but He's already died to take care of you. Come to Him and come to some brothers. Hmm. Awesome word. Good word. Well, hey, brother, thanks for being with us today. My pleasure. Appreciate your time and appreciate your ministry. Thank you. And uh, we appreciate you listeners. And as you know, Blazing Grace Show is a 501c3, and we are now able to take your contributions to keep us on the air. So if you'd like to do so, just see us at blazinggrace.org. Also, we're putting together our first ever Blazing Grace conference coming up this spring. We'd like to get your feedback and ideas. So if you'd like to be a part of uh, forming that and helping us to put that together, then, of course, get a hold of us. You can find us uh, on the web at blazinggrace.org. Join us next time when we visit with Marsha Means. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening to this edition of The Blazing Grace Show. Today's broadcast is sponsored in part by AffordableConferencing.com and SafeEyes.com. Visit them on the Internet. Blazing Grace is a listener-supported broadcast intended to help reach listeners worldwide. Your support is vital to keeping Blazing Grace able to minister. If you can help with a tax-deductible contribution, it would be greatly appreciated. You can send your contribution to Blazing Grace, P.O. Box 62521, Colorado Springs, Colorado, 80962-2521. That's Blazing Grace, P.O. Box 62521, Colorado Springs, Colorado, 80962-2521. 
More information, visit on the web at blazinggrace.org. B-L-A-Z-I-N-G-G-R-A-C-E dot O-R-G forward slash radio dot H-T-M. There's also a downloadable copy of the broadcast available for you. If you want help resolving a sexual or pornography addiction, you can schedule a therapy appointment with Rob McIntyre. His number is 877-593-1166. Jason Graves can be reached at 877-590-7685. Again, Rob McIntyre can be reached at 877-593-1166. Jason Graves can be reached at 877-590-7685. If you have questions about Blazing Grace, you can email Mike at Mike at blazinggrace.org. We look forward to sharing more blazing issues and grace-filled answers with you next time. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you.